What's up guys? We believe teenagers have been put in a box and under a stereotype, and we want to break out of that. Every week, we talk with the next generation of innovators and influencers about stuff like entertainment, fashion, sports, and food. We also get the perspective on current topics, as well as find out what keeps them motivated on the daily. Welcome to Juvie. What is going on, Juvie listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Juvie. Before we let Josh introduce the guest for today, make sure if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast, you download the episode. Yep. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, post notifications, leave a comment, and I think we're ready to roll. We're ready. So today, everyone, we are joined by Matthew Blade, who is a young up-and-coming actor who's taking LA by a... What, what, okay, <laughs> wait, how would I say that? He's... <laughs> he's taking LA by a storm, and he's he's doing his thing. Oh, uh, Matthew, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, I'm up here in New Orleans right now. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. It's hot down here. Oh yeah, so cool. I'm a little I'm a little hot, but everything besides that is good. Yeah. That's great. We actually know Matthew because he trained at our parents' conservatory. So let's just let's. I want to start from even before yeah. that. Like growing up, did you like was acting always on your mind? I had never thought about acting once. Wow. Like, like honestly, I didn't think about acting till I was 25. Oh my. And it was, yeah, it was, I never thought about acting. Honestly, if there was a spectrum of career fields that I would have chosen and like here is probably the most likely and here is the least likely acting would have been at the bottom. Wow. Like that's, that's how far away acting was in my mind. So what was, (laughs) what was in your mind? back then and like overacting what did you have other dreams to become something else you know as as i look back i as a kid i was just so the only way i know how to describe it is just like riddled with fear like i was just so afraid of what other people would think i was so afraid of doing the wrong thing and so there was this kind of this path that was carved out for me all the guys that that i, I grew up with and kind of in that in the culture that i grew up in there's this kind of path that's laid out in front of you. And there's, and there's that in every culture, I think. Yeah. But I just felt so much pressure to do that thing. And I always tried to fit into that mold so much. Yeah. And it took me till I was about 25, 26 to actually have a moment to where I just finally accepted the fact that I'm different. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? And I think, I mean, honestly, it's like it matches exactly what we say. Because like us, me as a teenager still, there's like, and I'm assuming this started with you as a teenager, there's such a set track for like yeah. all teenagers. It's like, yeah, it's so normal to party. It's so normal to throw away your life. When it's like, when you think about it, the ones that end up do branching out and doing their own thing are the ones that end up being successful. Exactly. So then where was the turning point where you're like, okay, like was there a moment where you're like, I just have to be different. I got to go for acting. You know, there, there was, there was two moments. There was one that I, there was one decision that I made and there was one moment of just luck, um, or just, you know, whatever you want to call it, something, there was one moment where I put in work and there was one moment where I just came across something that you just, you, you find a pearl in a, in a field. Yeah. And that, and that moment, because I when, when I was a teenager, I had a huge fear of public speaking. And I, it was revolving around this, this stutter that I had. I would stammer and stutter when I talked. It was mainly based around my nerves. When I would get really nervous. I just wouldn't, my, my mouth would just kind of lock up. And I, it got really bad when I was turned about 19. And um, I had this lady walk up to me who didn't know anything about me. This was kind of like the biggest fear of my life. 
And uh, she walked up to me and said, the stammering tongue shall be made fluent in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and she was like, you're on a path where no stammer or stutter can keep you from. And so um, that right there, that that turned my life into a direction where I was like, okay, I'm going to go after, um, I'm going to believe that I can speak. So I started taking public speaking classes. I started doing jobs and I was like, any job that requires me to communicate, I'm going to do it Damn. at the family dinners. When, when someone like when you're in Thanksgiving, it's like, who wants to bless the food? You know, like those awkward moments. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be that person that raises yeah. my hand. I'll do it just so that I'm making sure that I'm speaking because I hate how I feel when I'm living in fear yeah. and I want to conquer this thing. Wow. And then the other part was, um, when I was 26, 25, 26, I realized that I lived my whole life with a plan B. Um, and that's why I, that's why I wasn't ava- uh, mentally able to find that thing that I wanted to do, that path that, that has purpose that you, you come alive on is because I had this thing in my back pocket that said, if, if what I want doesn't yeah. work out, I have this to fall back on. Yeah. And essentially what that was, it was just fear. Yeah. And I started looking up studies and there was, I forgot the exact study, but there was a study that has two different groups of people and each different test group is given a task A and they're the, the same task. Yeah. But one test group is given task A and then they also are set, are told, if you don't complete task A, you can do task B. Mm. But task A is the same task for two different groups. The group that had no other option but complete task Went A apparently was like, 80% more successful at completing task A. Wow. So it just goes to show you that, um, plan, like just the psychology of having a plan B, you might just, you're probably going to fall back on it anyway. Yeah. So, um, that, that was kind of one of the things that I was like, you know what? Life is meant to be lived as just a massive, let's do this thing. Let's yeah. take a bunch yeah. of risks. And yeah. So from that point, you decided that you were going to, like, did it, did it just click in your head that you were going to try acting or did you hear something that like, or you just came across something that one day you're like, Oh, that sounds fun. We should try that. You know, um, it, it is a, a lot of my journey is very spiritual. I, uh, because I, I was working out at a, um, at a ranch, um, because that, that, that moment where I was like, you know what, I can't have a plan B. The only thing I like to do, I've worked at this one place called JH ranch. I love that place. Yeah. I'm going to go work there. And I ended up getting my dream job there as, as the head river guy that we had some whitewater rafting stuff. And I ended up working for them for two years, but in the off season, I would stay out there in the winter when no one was there. And I was living alone (laughs) up in the mountains in this, uh, in this house by myself. And I just told myself, I was like, I'm not going to spend this whole winter just watching movies. I I watched movies, but I was like, I'm I'm not going to just watch movies every day. I'm going to actually like start to look at this voice inside me that is in a lot of pain. And, yeah. um, and that's when I, I felt this, um, pull to act, which was so crazy that I was like, okay, if this is what I'm supposed to do, I need this to be so clear because I, I want to live my life with purpose, but I don't know if this is just my ego or if this is, like actually something I'm supposed to do. Cause you know, yeah. like being an actor, it, sound, it yeah, sounds yeah. kind of sexy. Right. But, um, I, a, a day later I had a buddy call me buddy from Mississippi, right. I'm from Mississippi. He, yeah. he 
he was like, Hey dude, I had this weird, weird thing. I was cooking dinner the other day and I just had in my head, I had this thought, what if Matt moves to LA and becomes an actor? Whoa. And I, I was on the phone and I was like, I just kind of like put the phone down. I was like, what? And I was like, bro, you have no idea what you just said. He was like, it was, it was just like a random passing thought. And I was yeah. like, dude, I'm literally in the middle of trying to decide if I should like pursue acting. And then I was at a wedding and this random guy walked up to me and said, Hey man, I want to ask you to come act with me this summer. Whoa. Whoa. And so I, after that, I applied to you guys' dad's conservatory. Wow. And, wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's when I started acting. So. That's, that's, that's crazy so story. That's so cool that like just back to back. So then my follow-up question would be for that, for someone that does want to go after it, but nothing like that happens for them. Do they still go for it or do they want to wait for that moment? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. You know, and I, I think it's, it's hard to say because everything I've found in my life and others is so nuanced and unique and personalized to the person. Yeah. And I guess my question would be, would be ask yourself why, because what I found specifically with acting is if you're doing it to, for reasons of man, it to get some sort of need fulfilled of, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish people could see me and just see how awesome I am. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. And that's, that's humanity kind of has that need in general. But I don't know if that will sustain you in what it takes to act. Because yeah. I will say this, acting is glamorous. And the right now, me being on a movie set, it's cool. But the stress and the the weight of it far outweighs it, yeah. in my personal opinion. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm getting to do stuff that makes me come alive. But I'll tell you, I've... <laughs> I've cried more in the past year than I have in my entire life yeah. when I'm by myself. And I, and I, think, so, I think when you do f- go fully for it, there, those moments are bound to happen. Yeah, like definitely. when you actually put everything aside and you fully go for it, that there, it's going to be, it's going to be like yeah. a 50, 50. It's going to be like, this is going to suck, but it's really, really what I want to do. Right. Exactly. Um, so to backtrack just a little bit. So you said that you, we obviously know that you trained, um, with a school that our parents have put together called yeah. the Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. Tell us how your experience yeah. was training to become an actor. Hmm. You know, it was, that's a, that's a great question. It was, it, it, it was, again, the fear thing. It was a step going, it's, not, it's, it's funny because fear is a lot of times attached to ego. Mm-hmm. And I think acting conservatory is an ego check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, 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 it's like, Hey, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to be paying people to act where most actors get paid to act. Mm, You're paying someone to teach you how to act. Yeah. And you just have to get really uncomfortable with being humiliated. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. And that's not unique to Bible conservatory of the arts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just acting school in general. It's like, you have to be willing to look stupid. And, but acting school, I'm so grateful for, especially for, and just specifically both of you guys as dads, because it has given me so much and they, it was a safe place to go, Hey, I'm going to try something crazy. I've never done. And yeah, it's scary, but it's not, you're not going to die. Yeah. And, and so it, it it really helped me solidify in the fact that I wanted to be an actor. If I could say there's one thing that the conservatory gave me, I was like, okay, at the end of the day, I know I'm, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel purpose behind. 
And so this is what I'm going to throw myself into, no, no matter what people think, which is that's been a hard part for me. Yeah. So with, through all these ups and downs, what's been the driving force, the driving motivation? The driving motiv- motivation of that, wow, that's, whew. you guys ask great questions, I love it. Thank you. Um, I think the driving motivation is, it's almost hard to even articulate. It's like when you find something that you feel is so impossible, but you feel there's, it's bigger than you and there's something inside you that's driving you to do it. Yeah. Because what, what, my, my prayers right now are a lot of times like, God, you know, I'd much rather be turkey hunting. Like, in yeah, the, cause I, I'm a hunter. I love, I, I like that. That's what I say. I'm like, God, you know, I'd much rather be turkey hunting. I didn't ask for this. I didn't yeah. ask to be an actor. I, I didn't, I wasn't dreaming about this as a kid. And I know that's not, that's actually kind of a different story than a lot of actors, but, um, but I love it. I found something that makes me come alive. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I think the driving force is that, Gosh, I, you know, I don't know. Is it I'm just, just kind of going, I'm, uh, m- maybe so may, I always say to tell people, I'm just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. You know, I, I really am. I'm just kind of going, Hey, this is either life is paying bills and dying or there's something more. And I think maybe that's why I can't answer the question. I'm like, that's a very good, I'm in search for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in search for the something more because yeah. I refuse to believe that it's just paying bills and dying. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I really like that, that quote. More, wow. Okay. Um, so kind of to bounce off of that, um, I noticed you said that right now you're on a movie set. Is there anything you can tell us about what you're working on, who you're working with or like anything like that? Yeah. It's, uh, I'll say it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, it's, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm in new Orleans. It's, uh, it's, it's a movie. It's called the walk. It's, um, it's got, uh, it's got a couple, I'm not sure if you guys would know, uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, Terrence Howard is probably the biggest name on, on the list. Malcolm McDowell. Wow. Uh, is it Malcolm McDonald? He's like a, he's like some, let me look him up. He's like some actor that Ma- Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. That everyone's like, Oh wow. He's, he's on the set. I'm like, I heard of him. But apparently <laughs> he's like, he, he's an older guy. He's playing yeah. one of the older characters. Uh, K- Katie Douglas is on there too. Um, and they're all great. And, um, it's, I'll tell you this, very intimidating to really? go from drama school to, to seeing these people who, some of them I've seen on, you know, I've watched movies, some of my favorite movies, one of these guys is in wow. and I'm just like, and I haven't seen with this guy. I'm like, I was, oh was going to say, I've had my one experience. I got to meet an actor that I've been watching. I got to meet John Krasinski. And for me, like I wasn't even going to act. I literally just wanted a picture. Right. Yeah. So you, that's a whole different story. But for me, like I could just like, just seeing someone walk by you that you've seen on TV your whole life, you're like, yeah. what is going on? So like, how's it been then having to interact and work with that person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's been interesting because like, I think naturally as humans, our psyche couldn't handle the, like the heightened, like, Oh my God, there's that person. So it's kind of like, at first it was like, oh, Holy smokes, just like yeah. keep it cool. But now it's kind of like equilibrium out to where I got to see them all the time, you know, yeah. like I, um, I'm in meetings with them and I was on set with them and I had a scene with one of them two days ago. And, um, so I think naturally it has to like feel like your body has to go back to like, okay, this is the new normal just so you don't like have a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's cool. And I've also realized they're just people, you know, I I was going to ask that. Like, like, yeah, they're, they're just, 
like I, I think, and I, I, yeah, they're just, they're people and they're actors. So I, you know, all actors are kind of weird. <laughs> and, um, so they're all kind of weird. That's fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so you're working with some guys who've been in movies before. That would be so crazy to me. Um, who do you think out of every actor in the world would be like the best thing for you to, let me rephrase that. Who is the one actor you'd want to work with more than anyone in the world? Gosh, there's, there's, there's a few for different reasons. Um, man, I think I've got a couple that I'm like, I mean, there's one I think is the best actor alive, but I think I'd want to work with Hugh Jackman Yeah, just because I've heard he's a stud and that, and I love Wolverine and I just think he's like a very well-rounded actor. He's a seasoned actor. Him or Denzel, I think, would be my oh, two. Who do you think's the best my actor? In, the best actor alive. I think Daniel Day Lewis. Really? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I just think he's like. I mean, he doesn't work a lot. I know because he he doesn't really need to. But I know that I, I've, I've seen a couple of his films, like uh, There Will Be Blood. I watched him, and I was like, that guy is on a different level. He was acting with other great actors, but he just yeah. seemed like he was he was actually experiencing something on a whole new level totally so we talked in like the pre-interview while we're getting everything set up we were talking about like failure and stuff and you're like you saw something from that we were talking about failure that touched you how do you like uh deal with failure and failing in general you know i um in the past not well i haven't dealt with it well at all i measured myself based off my my own idea of success or failure. Yeah. Um, and I think success or failure goes back to what you're actually measuring. Mm-hmm. Like what is success? Like are, is success how much cash you have in your, in your bank account, how many people you've worked with, how many, um, what movie set you're on right yeah. now? Like who's, who's in the movie? Like, is that success? Because I can tend to measure, I used to measure myself like that a lot and I would always fall short. And that's, yeah. that's what was a lot of the source of the pain in my life. But I realized like I'm, that's actually not how I should measure myself. I should measure myself off doing what I know that I can do and what I can be faithful at. Yeah. Wow. Um, and what has been big for me, what I've done, like being honest in my life has been so hard for me because I realized that I had so much shame in my life. Like just shame for being, for wanting certain things, for being who I was. And, um, and so if you have a lot of shame in your life, which I know that's kind of like a whole nother yeah, yeah, yeah. topic. Um, but that, that right there will, um, will really taint your definition of success in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that shame and that, um, the idea of failure and that fear, um, has been your biggest obstacle in becoming an actor? Yeah, 100%, 100% because shame uh, shame community, shame puts in our heads perfectionism. Like that's the language of shame. It, it's like you, there's a right and a wrong. And if you're not right, you got to figure out a way to get right. And you're not going to be in, in, you're not going to be good until you cross all your T's, dot all your I's and you do everything in your past that was wrong. You kind of get that right and you get your good to go now. And yeah. it, it is like this impossible, weighty, heavy task. And as an actor, I realized there is no wrong and there is no right in the scene. Mm-hmm. There, there's like, you can do anything. There are no rules. 
And I, being here on set with some of these guys, I've watched them and they just, even the script, because, you know, I, I always thought we had to be word perfect on the script. I'm yeah. watching these guys and they, they, they kind of look at the lines. They're like, what are my lines again? They're about to be filmed on a movie. Oh my gosh. And they're kind of glancing at their lines and, and they're, uh, and he'll, they'll just kind of riff it. Yeah. But it's honest. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's, it's honest and it's impulsive and they're just being normal. They're not worrying about how they look because that's what acting is. It's try, it's being a normal human and not letting our actor come out, you yeah, know, and like yeah. an, an actor, an actor, like that, that whole thing is like fake and we all know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we honest, like our uh, demographic for the podcast is a lot of teenagers and stuff. And I'm sure there's teenagers watching this that want to go into the industry. One piece of advice, just short and simple mm-hmm. for them. What do they need to hear? One piece of- I would say attack shame in your life. Yeah. Simple attack shame and fear in your life. Cause that right there, it, it's, it, it's like when you can work really hard and keep digging holes and like grinding away at being an actor and that I'm sure you'll see some payoff there. But my belief is that if you get rid of shame and fear or at least work at getting rid of it, you will move a lot faster once you get that out of your life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Love it. Um, well, I, I had another question when, when you were talking about the last thing you were talking about. Um, it just popped in my mind. Is more stuff in movies ad-libbed and freestyled than we'd think? You know, I, you know this is my first one, so I, I don't know. Just watching these guys, though, um, I'm seeing there's there's kind of a... There, there's things that I didn't know were there. there. There's definitely a lot more ad-lib than I thought. Yeah, They do go by the script, and some are very by the script. But it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like when they're on camera, they'll, they'll ad lib a little more when they're yeah. reading off camera for one of for one of their people, they'll be more on cam- more on script. Okay. So I think there's like little rules that I'm learning, but there's definitely a lot of ad lib. Like one of the scenes that we did, like I essentially improv the whole thing. And then I even was asking the director about some of the lines and the director goes, Hey man, the script is there kind of as just like, is to see where the direction we want to go. Like that's what the director said. So I was like, okay, if he's, if the director's saying that, then he doesn't care about the lines. Yeah. Oh, that's That's so cool. I thought, thought I thought movies are just by the script. Cause I know a lot of TV shows like friends and the office and stuff. That's a lot of it is ad lib. Oh, especially the office. Especially the the office. I didn't know it was the same with movies. That's really interesting. That is really interesting. So the one question Mm -hmm. our viewers and our listeners know we wrap up with every single time. Matthew's obviously a little bit older, but I want to get your perspective as a teenager. We've covered it a little bit, but like you as a teenager from the outside view, what do you feel like the most misunderstood thing was? Of being a teenager? Yeah. Yeah. I think, gosh, that's a tough question. I think teenagers, when I was a teenager, I was always written off like, mm-hmm. ah, you don't have, you don't know what you're talking about. You're so young. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I remember being a teenager and feeling and knowing I actually had a lot to say. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I, I think, um, the whole writing off teenagers things, I mean that from what I can remember of me being a teenager, that's, that's what I'd say. That's the, honestly the exact reason yeah, why we started exactly. this to start giving these young people, because like from the outside perspective, think about it do you realize like we're the next generation up? Like, don't you want to start hearing what we have to say now? Because 
okay, I understand we might not be fully developed in the brain, but we still have thoughts. We still have feelings. Exactly. Like, so that's why I think literally right. described the exact yeah. reason why we started this. You don't want to count out teenagers. No, we're not, we're up next, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but well, Matthew, go ahead. thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to bring it up to a wrap here. Um, but everybody, for um, if you want to check out Matthew, all of his socials will be in the first link in the description. Uh, make sure to <laughs> download Spotify, download on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, subscribe. YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a like. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Matthew, thank you so much. Thanks, fellas.